Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Reno from Loverboy. Hi, this is Jerry Satriani. Hey, I am Brandy Rhodes. Hey, I'm UFC fighter C.B. Dalloway. Clay Milliken, driver of the Parts Plus. Great Clips, Top Fuel Dragster. What's up, world? This is your favorite comic, favorite comic, Tony Rock. Hey, guys. This is Kendra Sunderland, Vixen Angel of the Year. Hey, this is Jimmy Chamberlain. Hey, it's your boy J-Rock from Sunnyvale Trailer Park. You know I'm Sierra Ira Egg. And you listen to my boy T-Biscuit on the Toddcast Podcast. I'm out like I sold something. The Toddcast Podcast is powered by Citywide Mortgage Services, providing complete financing and mortgage services for residential and small commercial businesses. Visit them at citywidemortgage.ca. Now, here's your host, Todd Hancock. Imagine you're at the top of your game, the top of your field. Regardless of what that may be, just think about that for a second. You are one of the best in the world at what you do. Obviously, there has to be someone at the top, so why not you, right? We all know what it takes to get there, to the top. I think we can agree there's got to be some natural ability in the equation, right? You can throw in fun words like drive and determination, initiative, perseverance, because if that's not there, you're not going to the top. You look to your left, there's a monster, your competitor, doing exactly that. They're working hard, they're grinding, practicing. Someone's always there pushing to be the best. And this week, our sporting guest is someone who fits that bill to a T. Canadian curling Olympian, Emma Miskew jumped on a Zoom with us. Here she talks about pregame rituals and superstitions in the sport. So they kind of depend on event to event because if something stops working, we just throw it out the window. But um, unfortunately, during some of the Grand Slam events, which are a little bit shorter, I get um, like the same jersey is to go on and I'm a sweeper. So that's we have four jerseys. The jersey I put on has no impact on the game. I know that, but I get weird about it, and I just wear the same one throughout the whole event as long as we keep winning. If we lose a game, like, okay, that one's done. Now I'll grab a new one. This one's fresh. Um, And sometimes socks, which is just something I need to stop doing. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm trying to get past that. And then we usually take the same route, sit in the same car, or seats in the car. That Just nothing crazy, but, yeah. yeah. But it sure feels good doing it, though. It does. You feel in control, even though there's no Joining Canadian curler Emma Miskew, he is up for Comedy Album of the Year at this year's Junos. Comedian John Doerr is a guest this week. I used to, I mean, I turn it off much more now than I, than I ever have, like when I was just me selfishly wanting to pursue a comedy career. Sure. Yeah, I was probably annoying, still am, but not as much so, annoying yeah. to everyone I ran into because... Yeah, I was nothing but trying to find the funny. I still try to do that, but uh, not as frequently. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm always on the lookout. Absolutely. Like if I can think of something or something comes up in conversation, I'll text it to myself or write it in uh, in my phone or do a quick voice memo. So I'm always looking for something, um, but not as much as I used to. You know, it's crazy yeah. when the day-to-day well, takes over. Throw kids into the mix and, you know, you got to take them somewhere to a uh, hockey game practice or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. once you start getting life into the <laughs> into the equation, boy, it sure changes. Yeah. And it's, and, and you have to remember to write it down. Like if you, if you think you're going to remember it, you're, yeah. you never will. And then yeah. you live with the regret of what was that idea I had. 
So, um, yeah, even more so now it's important to write this stuff down for many reasons. But um, <laughs> yeah, there was a time in my life where I think I met with a, a friend who was a stand-up comedian and we'd meet at a cafe and we'd write almost every single day, throwing ideas back and forth. And every night I'd go up and perform. This is when I was living in Toronto mm -hmm. in an apartment, nothing but comedy on my mind. And that was a very important period of development for me, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. And you'll hear from this week's musical guest in just a second, a world-renowned DJ for multiple Grammy award-winning bands. Coming up shortly in Stop Me If You've Heard This Before, Olympic bobsleigh champ Kaylee Humphreys talking about being chosen to be an Olympic flag bearer at the 14th Sochi Winter Olympics. Some strong emotions tied to that story. That is powered by our friends at FKP MMA. Learn self-defense, build your self-esteem, meet new friends, challenge yourself, get fit doing it as well. My youngest Levi goes a couple times uh, a week for the, the last year, year and a bit. Loves going. Vancouver's number one training destination. Find them at fkpmma.com. First, the first guest of three, this week's musical guest, Arrested Development, Salt and Peppa DJ, among many other things, which you'll hear about in the detailed full hour long chat. Good dude, DJ D Wiz is a guest this week. That is brought to you by Vibe Cave Studios in East Vancouver, band friends, artists who follow who know me personally, you know that I would not partner with these guys if I didn't believe in them, if I didn't think they were 100% legit, straight up. If you need a great mix, talk to Braden, all genres, he will sort you out. So check out some of a track by a band called Space Queen that he worked with. Song is called Demon Queen. Huge mixes, killer sounds, great vibes. Braden is your boy through vibecavestudios.com. My name is Todd Hancock. Appreciate you being there along for the ride. And what a ride it's been. We're chasing down episode 300. We're at 297. And how cool is it to meet other people through your friends? Like take this week, for example, a recent guest, voiceover talent, Amanda Sellers. She's the voice you hear on this podcast, the sponsor tags, as they call them. Well, shortly after Amanda was a guest, this is within the last year, maybe with actually like last six, eight months kind of thing. She offered to help out and lend a voice of the female persuasion. And obviously we took her up on that. And now Amanda has introduced us to a very cool music producer, music director of Grammy award-winning bands with an S bands with an S DJ D Wiz. D has been in the game his whole life, lives it, breathes it has worked with juggernauts, as mentioned, Salt and Peppa, uh, Arrested Development, Freedom Williams of CNC Music Factory, Doug E. Fresh, D's a record producer, touring DJ, a percussionist, and more. Yeah. Um, wow, well, it's going to sound so like arrogant and pompous, but it's, I, I, I'm trying to tell you, Todd, like it, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell it like it, it is. It, 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 right, right. So, you know, um, me and some buddies from around my way, like I said, I grew up in hip hop, so I had a crew, you know, myself and some MCs and another buddy of mine, his name is Ozzy. Um, 
uh god rest the dead ozzy who kind of like is like very instrumental in a lot of people in the music business uh lives so he was connected to dr dre who was like i said on hot 97 with ed lover uh they had the morning show spot which is a very as you know that's the most most important spot on a radio sure. um, he if you don't have a good morning show you, you don't have a good radio station in general because people aren't sticking around it's the anchor. Yeah, it's the anchor for sure. He brought me in, and I eventually started working with the crew. Um, and that was my introduction in general to radio, um, just in general. So that's my also introduction to being in the music business because that just led to other things. I was already a DJ, so being on a radio station, you kind of like have – you know, the ends to promoters and people that are doing parties, concerts, other artists that are coming in, you know, that you guys are interviewing. So that's my introduction to the music business, Hot 97. And of course, if you're on a number one radio show at that time, everything else is going to only follow and go uphill from there. Yeah. So that's my introduction to um, the music business. And that's when I decided, hey, well, this is going to be it. I was already a dad, and somebody's coming in right now. <laughs> What's your dog's name? That's awesome. Kobe. Kobe. That's right, as in Kobe Bryant. And you know. That's great. I've got, a, uh, I've got a golden retriever named Sergeant. Really? Sergeant nice. Puppers. The Beatles. We Sergeant Puppers. Sergeant Puppers. It's like Sergeant <laughs> Peppers. <laughs> wow. How old is Sergeant? Uh, two and a half. Okay. This guy is uh seven months now. Okay. Yeah, seven months. So that's my introduction, you know, pretty much to the music business and decided, yeah. well, this is it. This is what I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to do. I was actually already a father. I was a father, at, you know, I was a teenage dad at the age of 19. Oh, so really? it was at a perfect time for something like that to come, um, to you know, for me to do music full time. We talked to D for over an hour. He told tons of stories. Like, think about this. He's DJed private parties for big personalities. Prince, Bill Clinton, Tom Cruise. He helped write Vegas's first hip-hop residency show back in 18. Salt and Peppa's I Love the 90s Las Vegas. That had Salt and Peppa and Vogue, Naughty by Nature, Mark McGrath, Rob Bass. D's got stories. We talked about his first concert. Would you believe that it was Kiss or Buddy Rich? He wasn't sure which one. We talked about the early years of hip-hop in New York City, growing up to metal and hard rock bands like Van Halen and Ozzy Osbourne, and Alien Visitation came up. So I was 100% there at one time. Now I, okay, and then I was maybe 60, 40, not, yeah. And now I'm like maybe 60, 40, yes. Um, because humans have been here, Todd, for, I mean, millions of years, bro. You know? Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've read in, in, you know, all the, the Anunnaki, uh, the philosophy, you know, that uh, Stitchin uh, had written about and a lot of people talk about as well. Um, I'm actually, since you're talking about something like that, I actually just today just started watching this new series on Hulu. It started in February. I think it's on National Geographic about what's going on up top, you know, and all of these pilots that have just been complaining and saying, look, 
We see things every day. And we literally every single day, they're like, yeah, we have. They, they don't even call them UFOs anymore. They call them something phenomenon. UPAs, I think. Unidentified phenomenal, phenomenal something. You know, they don't even call it UFOs anymore. So they, yeah, yeah. they call them like some type of phenomenon at this point. Didn't they just shoot down a UFO over Alaska? Like in the last week or two? Isn't that something related to China, though? though with the balloon and all that shit? No, I don't think so. I think they actually shot down a UFO. In Alaska? Yeah, like within the it's last possible. week or two. Because, listen, Todd, they're just not telling us you know everything but, and that's the thing that's the, that's the pilots are complaining about they're like yo you got to tell the american public this because this is a national security now we don't even know who's you know driving these things and the formations and patterns that these things are doing they're going against like 80 knots of wind they're going against it and driving i think the one i saw today todd so you know we have craft that go up to 3000 miles yeah you know that yeah. That, you know, because the average uh, commercial flight, 300 to 400 miles per hour, you know, but we do have, you know, uh, planes that can go up to 3,000 miles an hour. Right. They clocked in these craft up to 13,000 miles an hour, bro. And then turning 90 degrees. So you've seen the same thing I've seen. That's insane. Same like, I've how seen could that it not exact thing. Yeah. like we are being watched there's maybe even they're living among us yes don't you think it's fascinating to find out people's takes on certain things aliens of course being one of them uh, conspiracy theories being another we talked to uh, to d about so many things of course lots about the music and while we're talking uh in comes his dog so you know we started talking about having dogs both of us hadn't had dogs really since we were in our teens so that was a trip d even paused the interview for a few minutes to take his pup out for a pee uh, that's a first for me up until this point uh pausing for a few minutes and, and like why not if the dog's gotta go the dog's gotta go right we talked about binging shows on alien civilizations we talked about superpowers and spider-man today's technology and how incredible it really is especially if you grew up in a time where there was no iphone and most people didn't even have a home computer. The Beatles and their incredible star power came up. Back in the day, Beatlemania, we talked about the Super Bowl and meeting Mike Tyson. Of course, man. I got beat up online on my um on my Facebook page for uh, a comment I made <clears throat> about uh the Rihanna halftime show. I wrote what you say? I, I wrote that uh I wrote Rihanna's presence is goddess i said her aura is close to michael jackson's how do you take that i would agree okay now i got beat up because everyone was saying oh she doesn't perform her performance was this her performance is that and I, i'm like i didn't say anything about her performance her aura her presence who she just who she is the person walks in a room you know it's like oh such and such you know they you could feel their aura, their presence. Right. And then I told the story of when I was in Vegas. Salt and Pepper, we did a residency in Vegas uh, a few years ago. And it was for six months. And at that time, <clears throat> J-Lo was 
he was doing a residency, Boys to Men. I mean, everyone, everybody was coming to our show. I'll be sure. Teddy Riley, um, all the celebrities that were out in uh, Vegas, what's the uh, Copper, not Copperfield, the other one from Long Island. What's the other magician? Oh, uh, uh, not the guys that got mauled by the tiger. No, Sieg Siegfried and Roy. No, no, he's one guy. He's one. He's he's been in Vegas for a while. So all these people come to the show. These big celebrities. When Mike Tyson came, Todd, to the show, his aura, his presence. When I met Mike Tyson, I was like, "Oh shit." I was like, yo, that's Mike Tyson. Like, and I remember Todd looking at his head and his neck and everything. Yo, that dude is way bigger than people think, Todd. He's not a little dude. I mean, dude, man. Yo, Mike Tyson's neck is bigger than my entire head. His neck. Yo, he's... <laughs> and again, I was like... You, 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 like Mike Tyson. You know... <clears throat> When Holyfield uh, beat Mike Tyson, uh, the first time they were still in, the second time after he beat Mike Tyson, you know, and they shook each other's hand, you know what Holyfield said to him? He was like, yeah, man, I won the fight, but you're Mike Tyson. Right? You kidding? He was like, he was like, but you're Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? He was like, you're bigger than me. You're bigger. Just, just you, you. This sure. fight, this you're bigger than boxing. He's like, yeah, I beat you in this boxing world. He was like, you're Mike Tyson, though, man. Like, you're legendary. Sure. By by him saying that to Tyson alone, you understand what he's saying to Tyson by saying you're that. Kidding me, man. Like that. That is undisputable. That certain people have auras and just a presence that fills. Like undisputed, I've been around people over my life through working at Sea Fox. That uh, you know, Chad Kruger, Nickelback, Tommy Lee. Like when you meet these people, and they're fucking <laughs> bigger than life, man. You feel it, man. You feel it. You feel it. Yeah, hundred percent. Feel it, dude. Yeah, man. They fill up a room. Yeah. They That's fill crazy, up man. Meeting Mike Tyson. Like, yes, Mike Bro. freaking Tyson, dude. He got him so high, man. He complained <laughs> the next day. He called hey. Salt Pepper's manager the next day. It was like, yo, Jimmy, yo, DJ Boy, man. Yo, man, I don't know what he had in his weed. Yo, that motherfucker. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> yo, I love it. He's smoking weed with Mike Tyson, dude. I think it's cool when you get to find out about people for more than what they're known for. Like, sure, definitely interesting to hear D talk about music, the stuff that he's done over the years and the tours and the accolades. And we probably talked about that for the majority of the time, but you'll also hear him talk about reading Marvel comics as a kid, trying to plow through full issues before the guy behind the counter could realize, Hey, what's, what are you guys doing? Uh, oh, you guys are reading. We talked about binge watching YouTube and going down certain rabbit holes and D talked about career highlights and threw in a near death story from being in Denmark as well. Man. So I remember, um, one time where were, I was with salt and pepper, I believe Denmark, 
you know, Todd, I've been so many places with the young ladies. I've been to countries that I never knew existed, bro. I, I'm dead serious. Countries that I've heard their name for the first day, first time. I never knew what Rotterdam was. Right. I think the first time I heard Rotterdam is when I went there. You know, honestly, I mean, bro, I mean, we've been so many places really far. Up. I've been to uh, Oslo way, up, way up there, you know, and then the green, yeah. yeah, I've been way up there and also been way down Australia uh, many times, been on it three times with the ladies. Um, and the thing is, I don't know if, you know, you've traveled really far outside of Canada. Um, but yeah, you're pretty far. You could feel it. You can sure. feel that I'm far away from home. Yeah. Like I, I, I can remember looking up in the sky, being in Australia, being in New Zealand and stuff like that, and being like, whoa, D, you're far. And then when you realize you're far, you watch your step. With everything you do, everything you eat, everything you drink, everywhere you go, every decision you make, because you know, you know, you, well, you feel vulnerable, you know. So that being said, so to answer your story africa far away from home <laughs> out there with salt and pepper um nigeria lagos um and when we went out there we had armed security with us everywhere we went 24 7 armed security with ak-47s on their back multiple Four or five guys that went with us everywhere we went to the mall, wherever we went, they're with us. So, one particular night, Pep wanted to uh, Peppa wanted to go to a club, and um, a friend of ours, well, one of the dancers, uh, his name is Bam. We went to this club, um, and before even going to the club, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that the head security that was with us had said, "Hey, this club's kind of dangerous." So we go to the club and it was myself, some of the dancers, you know, of course, Peppa, who's a celebrity and everyone knows that we're in the club. And um, I remember one of the dancers had wanted to go to the bathroom and he got up on his own and went to the bathroom. And I remember the head of security guard. He's like, where's Bam? And they were like, he went to the bathroom. Todd, he jets over to the bathroom and he go gets gets him. He brings him over to us and he reprimands him. You stay right here. I tell you, don't go anywhere. And when I say don't go anywhere, you don't go anywhere and do anything. So we're leaving the club eventually because it started getting packed and our security started getting nervous. He was like, "Yo, I want to leave. I'm making a decision. We're leaving." So we're leaving the club. Now we're in Lagos. We're in Nigeria. Um, and one, one of the members that was with us had a, an expensive chain on, and I think he had diamonds on a chain as well. So we're walking out the club and as we're walking out, our security was with us, but the car that we came there with a Range Rover that we came there with wasn't outside. So we have to wait outside now and wait for the car. You get it? We have people that have jury on. Yeah. We got security that's telling us, yo, don't even go to the bathroom by yourself. And we're not inside a club where there are other security. We're outside of the club where there's just the world, whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> so now it gets interesting. So we're waiting, and I remember a guy with a wheelchair coming up, and he was wheel. He was saying something in their native tongue, and I remember he pointed at one of us. He said. Yo, we're going to get you. We're going to get you. We're going to get you. And the guy that he pointed out was the one that had the expensive chain on. And I'm like, fuck. Like, we're like, yo, you Boy, know. It's getting real. At this moment, it was like five of us and just a security guard that was with us. Now, of course, he's packing and has whatever. But, dude, I mean, you know, there's like, you know, <laughs> the mob of people. Now, the guy that that was in the wheelchair was the leader of these people. And we could tell he was the leader. By the way he moved. I mean, Todd, you know, you could tell who's in charge. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're like, oh, shit. And lo and behold, as they started coming closer and closer to us, here comes our Range Rover. And when I say he came, it seemed like he ran people over when he came to us. That's what it seemed like. And he could have hit some people. Now, I'm telling you, this is what happened when he was coming to us. I didn't say it, but we left yet. So we get in the car, and when we get in, I remember our um, head security guard, he started banging on top of the roof of the car, go. like making a loud noise, and he was saying something in their tongue, kind of like to spread the people that around us out, like, you'll spread out or whatever. He was like, boom, 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 and saying something in the tongue. So all of us, like, jumped into the SUV, and I know he hit people <laughs> as he was driving away this time. I and he didn't give a damn, bro. He wow. was oh yeah, man. Yo, like, that's scary shit, bro. Or death shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was some scary, scary shit. So yeah, like I said, I had to give you all of that up until it, bro. It was bananas yeah. out there. And you know, um, there are different sections of Africa that have different, you know, uh environments you know this particular place in lagos is really 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 rough it's really rough um which is the capital uh of africa it was really rough um and most people suggest that tourists when they come there that they do have some sort of armed security uh, available to them Toddcast podcast musical guest visits are powered by vibe cave studios in east vancouver huge mixes killer sounds great vibes Visit them at VibeCaveStudios.com We're fighting every day I got no words left to say I think I'm moving on We tried our best These words have been on my chest I think I'm moving on We're too young to have this many problems Too old for all of the drama Don't know where it went wrong I love you too much to drag this out farther I hate that we're not meant for each other It's better now than to carry on I think we're moving on Couple of years, I'll see 
you out having beers with someone you belong. He'll treat you right, give you cuddles every night. He will hold you tight, like I would always. Your best way to hit the slopes this winter is with the Cypress Mountain Sky Card. Visit cypressmountain.com for details. And now, stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast Podcast. You'll know Kaylee Humphreys as a two-time Olympic gold medal winner in bobsled. She won gold for Canada at the 2010 and 2014 Winter Olympics, is the first female bobsledder to successfully defend her Olympic title. Kaylee had the chance to three-peat in 2018, but placed bronze that year. The following year, 2019, Kaylee switched to representing the U.S. because of alleged abuse and harassment she claims that she faced from the Canadian Bobsled Federations. She won three IBSF World Championship medals for Team USA in the 2020 and the 2021 seasons, is a five-time world champ and the most decorated woman in bobsled history. Kaylee was named to the U.S. bobsledding team for the Beijing Winter Olympics last year and went on to win gold in the monobob event. She's also the first person to win Olympic gold medals for Canada and the U.S. And when Kaylee was a guest, we talked about the music that was in her house as a kid growing up, seeing Garth Brooks in concert, talked about her tattoos, her Olympic ink, how she's a big fan of Grey's Anatomy. She told the story of the first time that she went down a bobsled track, whether she considers herself an adrenaline junkie. And stop me if you've heard this before, Kaylee talked about being a flag bearer for the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics closing ceremonies. That was very cool. I mean, at the end of the day, we'd won. There was a couple interviews and stuff over the next couple days to do. And I remember getting a phone call um, a couple days after we had won from Steve Fogborski. And he called me on my cell phone, and I was like, this is weird. You know, the chef de Michon is calling you. And the, my first instinct was like, what did you do? It, it was never to, you know, go to that good place. And he called and, you know, asked if, if I would like to be flag baron, to know that your country supports you and chooses you to represent them. And it, it wasn't just about Olympic performance. It's not just a, a one-time thing, but 
you know, to, to walk in carrying your flag representing an entire nation and team because of, you know, your performances over the last couple of years. Canada had tons of good performances in Sochi. You know, you have Charles Hamlon, Mikhail Kingsbury, like the list goes on and on. And so to know that, you know, the Canadian team chooses you to, to represent them and carry the flag is an, a huge honor. Yeah, um, and to top it all off, it, um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing. So I was, yeah, more than thrilled to, to accept, and that was definitely an experience of a lifetime. Stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast podcast is powered by FKP MMA, Vancouver's number one training destination at fkpmma.com.
reminds me of the Reese's Pieces commercials. You got some country in my rock. No, you got some rock in my country. The band is Pistol Whip the Devil. Their song is Ride or Die. And you're only, what, a couple of weeks away now from seeing them in Vancouver on Friday, March 30th at the Portside Pub in Gastown there. So it's Pistol Whip the Devil, Rusting Sun, and Alfie. And Emily Malloy, by the way, who you've heard on this podcast over the years, Emily is in Pistol Whip the Devil, so you'll definitely see her there. She's also released something with a new band she's in called Duotone, just a couple of tracks, a couple of weeks back, so check that out. She's also playing a show, where she find the time for all this stuff? She's playing a show as well herself, a solo show, this Saturday, March 18th at Green Auto in East Vancouver. Great venue. So it's Rain City, Emily Malloy, and Mar Morris. Doors are at 7 o'clock. Am I getting that right? Mar Morris? Mar Morris? Doors are at 7, regardless. Shows at 8 o'clock. 20 bucks to get in. You do have to be 19 plus. Coming around, isn't it? It's, it's coming around. The shows, the live scenes. As we played you a relatively new song from Rare Americans called Moving On. As those boys are getting ready for a show in Vancouver at Fortune Sound Club. That's, again, this Saturday, March 18th. Hopefully, we'll be able to firm up something with these guys at, at uh, Blue Light Studio, we we talked about, at least that's the plan anyway, we talked to these guys about a month back. Don't you think those guys would kill it in that sort of setting too, right? Super intimate, like 60 people max, the Q&A throughout, it's very fun. I mean, super, super fun nights. And if you follow these guys, Rare Americans, on, on social media, you know that they're a fun band. So coming up in just a few minutes in Listen to This, Theory of a Dead Man's bassist, Dean Back talking about playing in that Juno Cup, facing off against some of like straight up NHL icons. That is powered by our good friends, Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, seven year sponsors, a key reason that we've been able to keep on creating podcasts for you. RV service and repairs, ICBC accredited. You can find them on Facebook and on Twitter at Tedco RV Supplies. First, the second of three podcast guests this week is our sporting guest, Canadian curling Olympian, Emma Miskew. That's powered by Hand Over Hand Textiles in Vancouver. Naturally dyed goods for your home, for your body. Some amazing stuff on their website. Check it out. They only use pure plant extracts and natural fibers. Nothing Nothing about what they do is bad for Mother Earth. Literally, from the ground up, it's good for Mother Earth. They make great presents, locally owned, locally operated. Find them through handoverhandtextiles.com. So Emma Miskew is second on Team Hommen, uh, one of Canada's best curling teams all time. They were the team that represented Canada at the 18 Winter Olympics. I'm lucky enough to have gone before the lockdown year this right. past year. So I got to go in 2018. Um, in Pyeongchang. Um, it was a very cool experience uh, just being there with all the other athletes um, and being able to be one big team Canada was very a very unique experience, very cool. Um, it was very difficult as well because we were not performing and we had won the year before the Worlds in 2017 we were world champions. So we had a bit of a target on our back, but we also had a high expectations going into the Olympics and we just didn't quite perform at the level that we had the year before. Um, and everyone else was playing so well. And they kind of watched what we did the year before and played really tough against us. So um, results wise, it was hard to, it was a hard pill to swallow that we weren't going to medal at the Olympics, which was our goal, like we wanted to go in there and we wanted to come home with a gold medal for Canada. And 
to not even make the playoffs was very disappointing. Mm. And it was a difficult, a difficult time because it can taint your Olympic experience. It can put this dark shadow over the Olympics. Every time people would talk about it, I wouldn't want to talk about it because it was this tainted experience. We didn't medal. We underachieved. I don't want to talk about it. So it took a bit of time before I was actually able to be proud of myself. And as a team, proud of what we did, we, we won the Olympic trials in Canada. That's a really hard thing to do. And we represented Canada at the Olympics. That's also a really hard thing to do. And mm-hmm. the fact that we didn't get our ultimate results, we can't control that, but we can still appreciate that whole time and look back with fond memories instead of having it all tainted. So it did take a little bit of time to get there, but I am very proud that that we were there. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of the team. I'm, I'm proud that we were able to wear the maple leaf um, on the Olympic stage. You probably won't be overly surprised to find out that Emma has dominated at curling since she was a little kid. She won four straight provincial bantam championships from 2003 through 2006. She'd won four championships while no other curler had even won twice. The full talk with Emma is close to a half hour long. You can hear it. You can see it. We did it on Zoom. All of our social media platforms, all at Toddcast Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. And you'll hear her talk about friendship and family, the value of hardship, what goes into training to be a national curler. And so if Emma's this good at curling, which other sports does she excel at? I played soccer when I was younger for a while. Um, I don't think I ever would have been national level. I was pretty good at it. Uh, I had to choose between curling and soccer because they both started going more year round. Uh, And I enjoyed curling more from a teammate perspective. So I stuck with that. Uh, And I've played tennis kind of recreationally. Um, I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. I've done some lessons here and there. And then I have golfed pretty much my whole life as well oh um, okay so but, how's the golf game well it's hit or miss I can drive the ball pretty far and straight my mm. short game is pretty bad so I I've I went for a lesson last year I was like my drive is off I don't know why so we worked on that but next time I go I'm gonna work on my short game because that's really where the problem is no totally I mean if you can if you can own pitch and putts you yeah. should be able to transfer that over to full-size courses well, exactly. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I, I'm, if I play on a best ball team, I'm usually, it's quite good. Cause I will use my drive a lot because I can tee off from the women's tees. So there's a bit of advantage and then I drive the ball pretty far, yeah. but we don't use my ball very much after that. So simply put, we're honored to have one of Canada's best curlers on the podcast spent a good chunk of the time talking about the sport, the camaraderie, the adversity, the ups and downs from team Hallman winning their first grand slam final in 2011, playing in their first Canada cup to a disastrous 2018 Winter Olympics, the first time Canada was ever 0-3 at a Winter Olympics. And like usual, we got into it with Emma, talking about way more than what she's known for, like seeing NSYNC in concert, whether she's a big gambler. We talked about the Beatles, classic rock. She shared a near-death story and the shows that she's been binge-watching. Um, I just started the Royals, which is recommended yep. by a friend. Um, and then you came out with a new season. So it's hard to binge watch. It's only five episodes, but the next five are coming short, shortly. So I'll be watching that. What's you about again? Uh, somebody well, told me to watch that and it's, <laughs> they were like, keep an open mind. The first few 
couple seasons, this guy is kind of a likable stalker. It's very strange why you, and that's, I think what draws people in is that you like him, even though you shouldn't like him right? Uh, because he's not a good person, but then you think he may be a good person, but he's, yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a stalker and, but thinks he's helping these women anyway. It's well done. It's the Dan Humphrey from Gossip Girl is the main character. So he, mm. yeah, oh, he's well known in anyone who watched Gossip Girl. And I had watched that and I saw the advertisement. I'm like, all right, I'm in. And then I was pretty hooked. Red Truck Beer. Nothing delivers like a red truck. Official beer of the Toddcast podcast.
The Toddcast podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. And now, listen to this on the Toddcast podcast. Isn't it cool to look back on some of your relationships and how they came to be? So I first met Theory of a Dead Man's bassist, Dean Back, at the QE Pigeon Putt in Vancouver. Me and a buddy of mine, we got paired up with him, Dean, and his girlfriend at the time, now his wife. So long story short, at about hole maybe four, hole five, he goes, hey, are you Todd Hancock from Fox?" which at the time I was doing their afternoon show. And he goes, you know, I'm in a, a new band called Theory of a Dead Man. I think you might like our music. Any chance you'd want to go listen to it after this round? So I asked my buddy. He was down. So we did. And of course, as you know, Theory of a Dead Man's debut is amazing. We were blown away. And I've been friends with the band since day one. In fact, I have a band management company with their guitarist, Dave Brenner, Went down to LA to hang out with these guys for a few days while they were recording Scars and Souvenirs. Did a Vegas road trip with the guys as well. And since that fateful golfing day, Theory of a Dead Man has gone on to become a massive band in the rock world. They've had nine top 10 singles in the US. Four of them have gone to be number one. Huge tours with these guys as well. And when Dean was a guest, we talked about a lot of stuff. The music in his house as a kid growing up. The band's songwriting process, which was very cool, gambling on golf and football, meeting GNR's Duff McKagan, kind of, the albums that he would need if he was stranded on a deserted island, the shows he's been binge watching. He shared a near death story from whitewater rafting back in the day, the craziest things that's ever happened on tour, the standout memories from seeing Aerosmith in concert. And Dean told the story of playing the Juno Awards hockey game and playing against Paul Coffey, Kirk Muller. Listen to this. Yeah, the Juno Awards every year, when before the pandemic, they did the, the Juno Cup. So every city that the Junos were in would get their, the hockey team's alumni and other hockey players, and they would play against us musicians. So we had a couple of those times. Uh, there's a Who rock you played against. Oh man, the first the first game, we were in Ottawa, and I remember taking a pass, looking up, and I was one on one against Paul Coffey. <laughs> I was like, nice. oh, okay, well, like, something really? changed. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who it was that Dave uh, Brenner was saying. He goes, "Yeah, man, like I took a face off and I looked up, and it's it was Kirk Muller. Kirk Muller, that's right, yeah, Kirk Muller." Holy yeah. crap, it's freaking Kirk Muller I'm taking a face-off against here. Yeah, he won the face-off too. Amazing. And then we talked to him, at, we had, there was like a happy hour afterwards, and Dave's like, so, did, were you trying? He's like, well, I wasn't trying like Stanley Cup playoffs, but yeah, yeah. I was trying. Yeah, I don't want to just, I don't want to lose <laughs> to some rock and roll guy, like, give me a break, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley an ICBC-approved repair shop. Visit them on Facebook and Twitter at Tedco RV Supplies. Wherever you walk in, baby Won't be far behind Never you're talking love 
give you both my eyes, yeah Yeah, when I'm fussing Yeah, you get me right Never I'm worrying Get it off my mind, yeah Got me on, you see. Got you, it's all I need. Got me on, you see. Got you, it's all I need. Ba bum ba da dum ba dum. Ba bum ba da dum. Ba bum ba da dum ba dum. Ba bum ba da dum. 'Cause I don't got a lot, baby. Not much to my name But I'm not some cheap love Give you my heart and space, yeah And I won't be fooling Fool around and playing the game Cause I just want your Sweet, sweet loving, and I'm not walking away. You got me, on, you see. Got you, it's all I need. Got me, on, you see. Got you, it's all I need. Ba bum ba da dum ba dum, ba bum ba da dum, ba bum ba da dum ba dum, ba bum ba da dum. Some petty fights Maybe a couple sleepless nights But I'll carry on Carry on Got me on, you see. Got you, it's all I need. Got me on, you see. Got you, it's all I need. Ba bum ba da dum ba dum. Ba bum ba da dum. Ba bum ba da dum ba dum. Ba bum ba da dum. You are just over a couple of weeks away from his show with us, Ivan Hartle, and the song is You Got Me on Saturday, March 31st at Blue Light Studio, East Vancouver. It's another Blue Light Sessions. So it's a, an acoustic set, couple acoustic sets actually, a Q&A throughout. You get to ask questions as well. Super, super fun nights. Now keep in mind though, if you go, these nights are filmed, so you may end up in promo videos. Just a heads up. 20 bucks in advance, 25 bucks at the door if there are still tickets available get them through eventbrite.ca eventbrite b-r-i-t-e eventbrite.ca so doors are at seven o'clock show starts at eight and i hope to see you there played you a new song for sleep circle that's called the knife awaits and that band they play a show on the same night that we're doing our show with ivan hartle at blue light studio we're doing battle sleep circle march 31st at the Wise Hall, they are opening up for Death Chant. You might actually even be able to do both of these shows because our starts at 8, we're done by 
Speaking of live music, you can find a list, a small list of shows that are happening locally, including ours and a whole bunch of others through the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. If you're playing a show, if you're going to it, if it's indie, let us know about it. We'll post it up at the website. That is brought to you by longtime sponsors, Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios, over 40 years experience in the music industry, great jam spaces. Every band loves it. They're out in Langley. You can find out more through mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of this episode 297. Wow. Comedian John Doerr, this week's entertainment lifestyle guest. Powered by Sacred Meds, Canada's best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary. You can also get oils and hash and all kinds of edibles and peyote and a whole bunch more. At registry, by the way, mention that you heard about them through this podcast. That will unlock a hidden category on their website, which of course is fun. That category is fun. Use the code TODDCAST for 10% off your order through sacredmeds.com. So you'll know John Doerr for so many reasons. He was the correspondent on Canadian Idol. Remember, he's had his own Comedy Now special on CTV and the the Comedy Network. His show, the John Doerr television show, is on the Comedy Network in Canada. Great to get John on the podcast. As a longtime fan of his work, I think he does a great job. It was just neat to hear him talk about creativity, career highlights, the shows that he's been currently binging, like The Mandalorian, The Watcher, Ken Burns' documentary, Wartime Docs. And where would he put a Juno Award if he wins one this year for the best comedy album? What would I do with that trophy? I might even I might give it to my sister because it's her um, it's her uh, album company, uh, Howl and Roar, and um, she put a lot of hard work into it. And she wanted to be nominated for a Juno. Like it's so subjective, of course, especially comedy. So, sure. yeah. what does really winning the Juno mean? It doesn't mean it, anything. It's not other than, yeah, yeah, like that you're popular, but it's not only it's not only comedy, but like even music and stuff, like creativity. Totally. It's yeah. weird to put that on creativity. Yeah, for the longest time, I was opposed to the Juno Awards. Like, I actually didn't care. And part of me, like, like I, I always thought that comedy should be the outsider. Like, it shouldn't be nominated for an Academy Award. You know, that should be left for those who take their film very seriously and let uh, comedy be the social commentary. Um, however, I changed my mind about that because, especially in Canada, because it is nice to have a reason to kind of celebrate and hang out with your friends and make comedy uh, something. uh, Yeah. Knowing that, you know, it's subjective. It's a good reason to go and have fun and celebrate with fellow comedians. And uh, yeah, hopefully it brings people out to the clubs and uh, yeah. Uh, So I've done a 180 there. So as far as the Juno goes, yeah, if I do win, I'll probably give it to my sister, let her put it on uh, her mantle. Cause uh, yeah, I don't really care about the award itself. Just be fun to hang out. And you got to love the answer to the Juno question. Where would you put it? Uh, It wouldn't be in my house. John currently lives in Juno, Alaska. He mentions that while we were on Zoom. The full interview, I think, is just over 40 minutes long. As always, you can hear it. You can see it at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts, where it's plastered all over Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Just cool to talk to someone who I have the utmost respect for. You know what I mean? Like seeing him on Comedy Central, live at Gotham, hosting Funny as Hell on HBO Canada. I mean, just does really good work. We talked about funny Canadians and what is it about Canadians' sense of humor? Letterman, Cosby, 
Jim Carrey, they all came up. So did the super influential Mr. Show and Kids in the Hall. And John talked about the team behind his hilarious new, well, quasi-new show, I guess, on CBC. If you haven't heard this and haven't watched this show, Humor Resources should be on your list. Well, we had uh, myself and Dave, Arthur, Rebecca, uh, Jane, I'll include as well. There were, yeah, so Adam, Dave are directors, but they were writers as well. And then uh, Rebecca Kohler, Jane Churchill, and Arthur Simeon and myself. So we had, add up all that, what, seven writers, basically. And we would break down scripts and share ideas. And we would, um, we had a researcher who was hired to pull uh, transcripts of people's uh, acts and uh, social media presence. And so we'd build actual case files. Um, so yeah, we wow. had, uh, yeah, a seven headed Hydra, um, yeah. In the writer's room, then we'd meet via zoom in 2020, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic and, uh, yeah, have writing meetings and, um, share ideas back and forth and then develop, uh, a version of a script. Yeah. Cause it feels like, you know, when you're just watching, it feels like it's something that's super, super fun to put together. Yeah, it was fun to put together. It was hard and challenging, though. Like it was, you know, it was in the middle of a pandemic. We had full, fully isolated. So, you know, we had crews in like a very small camera operator crew in Los Angeles, New York, and St. Louis for Nikki Glaser, and then Toronto and Vancouver. And that's where all the interviews were taking place in people's homes. So we'd have to scout the location the day before, make sure their wireless signal was fine. If not, get a booster. Uh, and all social distancing and camera operators had to be tested before they're going in. And then we shot, I live in Juneau, Alaska, and that's where we shot my side of everything and those storylines. And we had a crew of three people. It was myself and three other people. So like super challenging to make, uh, but incredibly fun. Yeah. When you I guess, discover- I guess maybe that's what I was thinking. Like was I was wondering, I mean, it's cool to hear like the actual grandiose picture, but I was kind of like on your end. So you had three people that were creating the stuff for, on your side. Oh yeah. It was crazy. Like it was wild. Amazing. Like, I was out shopping and in location scouting and then, yeah, just simplifying and stripping down everything. You know, my daughter was in the show out of necessity and also because she's brilliant and funny and I'd shot stuff with her before. My girlfriend was in the show out of necessity because we live together. We're in the same bubble. Um, She was great. Um, We had one of the characters was a... uh, was the guy who I became friends with who works at a drive-thru. So he was just a, on a speaker and uh, yeah, he was actor from Toronto and his voice was coming in through a laptop in my, in my, in the car. Yeah. I mean, it was wild. It was crazy. We had one guy rigging cameras to cars. Uh, his name's Gabe, wonderful human being. And he was uh, yeah. You know, lighting and uh, shooting. Yeah. It, it was bonkers. It was crazy. If people, I wish people knew what went into the show, although it sounds like an excuse, like you'd love the show more if you knew what went into it, but I really do wish we had some sort of documentary. Yeah. Right. I mean, after you do those kind of things, you're like, oh, I wish there was a film of the camera crew following us around just the last couple, two, three months. Like, it was crazy. And even like the directors, like they, like they're in different time zones and they're directing, but they've got family and responsibilities and they're living in their bubbles and they're instructing me in an earpiece, you know, or sometimes just a phone in my pocket. They're talking to me through on one zoom call. And then there's another zoom call set up for the, oh, I mean, it was bonkers. Yeah. Big fan of John's new show, humor resources. You've of course seen John on TV for a couple of decades now. He's had an appearance on How I Met Your Mother in 2010. He was the first featured comedian on Conan. He was funny in the short-lived How to Live with Your Parents. 
He was in a couple episodes of Inside Amy Schumer. And as we always do, we went further with John than what he's known for. We got him to share a near-death story. We talked about families and growing up to SCTV and Bob and Doug. Cancer culture came up. So did seeing the tragically hip in concert. Very interesting questions. Um, started playing piano for a couple of years when I was very young. Whatever. That was the introduction. So you learn a little bit of theory, then played saxophone in, uh, again, you know, middle school and then the first little bit of high school and then got into guitar. So now I just, uh, you know, play shitty acoustic guitar, but love it. And uh, we have a piano at our house. So I, uh, yeah, kind of reteaching myself. Oh, I'm basically just tra- transcribing guitar chords onto the piano and having fun with that. Yeah. yeah. Which which were the first bands to kind of grab a hold of you? I'm the I'm tragically hip fan all the way. Yeah. Tragically, oh, yeah. like a nut, like an absolute devoted nut. Huge Gord Downey fan. Love the hip. Yeah. yeah, recently, like getting into uh, the Replacements is a band that oh, yeah. I've recently kind of gotten into, and can't believe I didn't get into them more so back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you? Like, what do I what do I like? Yeah, yeah. Well, well back in the day, what started you down that road? Yeah, I mean, I guess back in the day would have been. Uh, Eagles, Bob Seger. Oh well, okay, yeah, some com- some comfort rock. So yeah, definitely like uh, uh, you know get maybe get a little bit of country stuff like uh, Waylon Jennings and uh, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. Very good, Steve Earle. Uh, Steve Earle, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jeez, oh, that that that's the soundtrack of my a soundtrack of my youth is being in the backseat of the car and my parents playing. Uh, you know, Kenny Rogers and uh, George Jones and Willie Nelson and Waylon right. Jennings and Steve Earle. Yeah. On the eight track in, in the car, you know, like the, got a show. Never had an eight track. We were always taped. Yeah. Oh, nice. We were cassette. We were cassette. Yeah. Yeah. That's big time. Just missed it. Yeah. Entertainment guest visits are powered by Sacred Meds, Canada's best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary. Visit sacredmeds.com and mention you heard about them through the podcast to open up a hitting category on their website. And use the code TODCAST at checkout for 10% off your order. I'm alive, I can feel the blood running through my veins tonight. I'm inspired by the sights and sounds that illuminate my life One day at a time Till I clear my mind One day at a time And you'll find tomorrow's waiting And no more mountains to climb
can feel the blood running through my veins tonight. I'm inspired. I'm electrified. You know it feels just right for me, and I can't see it. One called Freeborn Soul, and the song is called One Day. That is new music for the podcast, a first spin, if you will. They just played the Fox Cabaret with Day of the Dog and Green Anderson just a few days back on the 11th. If you were listening, going like, man, I know that singer. Why do I? You sure do. Remember a Vancouver band pre-pandemic called Aviator Shades? Well, Freeborn Soul has their singer. That's Dave's new band. Looking forward to next week, a big week, as you'll hear the return of mobile singer Matt Jolie. Also next week, NPC bikini champion Nicole Serini and another comedian, another funny guy, Ali Hassan joins us as well. Of course, big thanks to this week's guests as well. Arrested Development, Salt and Peppa DJ, D Wiz, D Dude, thank you so much, man. I could have listened to you tell stories, music stories for hours. Appreciate you taking the time. Same thing to Canadian Olympic curler Emma Miskew. Emma, thank you for jumping on a Zoom with us and sharing your story. You've made the entire country proud. And we're, root, of course, rooting for you. And comedian John Dord, John, thank you for being a guest, man. I've been fan for years. Thank you so much. Keep killing it. I'll keep watching it. And that's going to do it for this one, episode 297, as we're a stone's throw away from 300, man. You, I, you would have told me that 5, 10, 10 years ago, I would have laughed in your face. Uh, my name is Todd Hancock, thinking like I would never get to 300. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. If not, tell me I'm firing everybody. Literally everybody's gone. Crickets. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Comment and rate the podcast. Again, search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Love you to have you follow on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, of course. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. We couldn't do it without their support. In fact, we wouldn't do it without their support. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. It's very inexpensive. Contact info is at the homepage. Maybe we'll have a beer have a coffee and see what's up. And of course, a a special thanks to our title sponsor, Citywide Mortgage Services. They are at the pinnacle of what they do. Let my good buddies help you the next time you're buying a house or an apartment or a condo. Talk to Dara. He will make it simple for you. And if you help us find a sponsor, we'll give you a commission based on the ad buy. So keep that in mind. If you know a business that gets outside the box advertising, lots of social media love, let them know about us and we'll take it from there. Till next time, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. 
You've been listening to the Toddcast Podcast, powered by Citywide Mortgage Services, dedicated to helping you find the best mortgage rates, available seven days a week at citywidemortgage.ca. 